Welcome to the new MSology podcast series. I'm your host, Stephen Manners, editor of MSology. For this series, we've invited specialist MS nurses from across Canada to talk about some of the symptoms you may experience in your day-to-day life with MS. For this podcast, our topic is pseudo-relapses. And to talk about it, I'm very happy to welcome two guests. Naomi Akazawa from the MS Clinic in Ottawa, Ontario, and José Poitier from the MS Clinic in Montreal, Quebec. So let's start with you, Naomi. What is a pseudo-relapse? Well, before I actually talk about pseudo-relapse, I'd like to go back and kind of explain where it starts from with a relapse. Okay. Um, So when a relapse is forming, there's some demyelination happening, and then in the area while that's happening, inflammation takes place. And for those two reasons, we get a symptom. So let's say we get symptom of leg numbness. And as time goes on and the relapse is happening and then it starts to subside and the inflammation starts to go down, then hopefully those symptoms also will start to dissipate away. But you're still left with damage from the demyelination and so probably some residual symptoms. So that's where your brain kind of kicks in and it has this wonderful capacity called like neuroplasticity where it can basically rewire itself so that it can minimize those symptoms to you to hopefully you don't feel them at all. So the inflammation, is, which is actually happening in the brain or spinal cord, is, is the start of the symptoms. Is that correct? Correct. And as that inflammation goes away, presumably the, the symptoms start to diminish. Correct. Uh, and so with this, these flare-ups, that is a relapse? That's, that would be considered a relapse. Okay. Now, what is a pseudo-relapse? So a pseudo-relapse, so now that your brain is using some of its energies to do that, to keep the symptoms at bay... If there's other stressors that are impacting the body, such as cold or flu, an infection, uh, you're dehydrated, not eating well, lack of exercise, or not sleeping well, amongst many others um, that are considered stressors, then your body, or your brain rather, will say, oh, I have other more important stressors that are going on that I need to put my focus on. And so it goes and regulates those. And so now your symptoms resurface. Okay. So you may have symptoms that feel like a relapse, but there's actually no inflammatory flare-up in the brain. Is that what you're saying? Correct, and there's no active demyelination happening. Okay, so it's not... uh, The the, uh, the effect is maybe similar, but the cause is different. Correct. Okay. Um, What are the... Could you talk, uh, Jose, about uh, some of these contributing factors, things that may set off these symptoms? Especially when a patient experiences fever or UTI, that's uh, a urinary tract infection? Yes. Uh, probably uh, a patient will call us and say, I'm having increasing spasticity and don't have any bladder symptoms. And usually it triggers uh, the MS symptoms. So that's a good example. As, uh, as soon as we treat the infection, this, the neural symptoms go back to normal. So we call that a pseudo-relapse. And a relapse usually lasts between, that's an average, but between three to 12 weeks. A pseudo-relapse will last only while the fever is up and when their body temperature is up. Let's say a patient goes to take a bat, a hot bathtub and he comes back, he might have a blur vision for, let's say, half an hour. Okay. Some patient will call it a relapse. It's not a relapse. Okay. Another example, uh, each month when a woman gets her period, 
for a few days, and might they have increase of symptoms, which are not a relapse too. We have to explain to patient what's the difference, because now, since we have so many treatment, <clears throat> we, we have to explain them the difference between a relapse and a pseudo-relapse, because if it's not a real relapse, that means that the drug is still working. Okay, and, and presumably if you're taking one of these medications, these MS medications that's targeting these relapses, they won't necessarily be effective against pseudo-relapses. So if you take the hot bath, you will still get that vision problem, for example, mm -hmm. um, and it requires your body to then cool down for that symptom to go away. Is that correct? Right. So I like to think of the pseudo-relapses as your body or your brain trying to talk to you. And when it starts to talk to you, i.e. your symptoms start to return again, that's a good time for you to kind of step back and say, okay, are there any stressors that are going on and kind of do this overall evaluation? Because usually it's not one stressor, usually it's a multitude of little ones. Okay. And so focus your energies and your time into helping your body to regulate those things. And then as soon as those are regulated, then your brain has time to go back and quiet down those pseudo-relapse symptoms. Okay, and so what are the other triggers of these pseudo-relapses? You mentioned exercise. Uh, Lack of sleep, a long exposure to sun. Uh, so these are all things that people should be avoiding. Yeah. Even just emotional stressors, such as a loss in the family, divorce, moving houses. Um, so any emotional or psychological stressors can be a stressor to the body. Anything that's out of the ordinary for a certain period of time. So um, some people like to change their diet, for example. Um, that can be considered a stressor. Um, sometimes things that aren't, we necessarily think that they are stressors, such as change in seasons or the time change, yeah. might not be seen as a stressor, but your body considers it a stressor and it can provoke a mm. pseudo-relapse. Stop smoking. It could be a stressor, yeah. even, even though it's good for your health. So not all these things can you can avoid, necessarily. Some of, some of them you have to live through. So it's important for them to understand that if they're having a temporary worsening of their symptoms, this isn't, doesn't mean that their MS is getting worse necessarily. Is that right. correct? Right, right. And so that's why we try to promote things that can help you to prevent them, such as stress management techniques, and looking because stress is the fabric of life. So we can't avoid those, but then how can we better respond to them? Um, okay. And so, you know, build up an arsenal of techniques to be able to use at those times, those acute times. So these are like coping techniques or stress management yeah. tricks? Yeah. And tri so what would you suggest as an example of a stress management? Um, so sometimes when you feel, you know, anxiety coming up and using deep breathing exercises to be able to regulate those. Sometimes taking 10 minutes out and going to go and do a session of yoga in a quiet room to relax you and to calm you down. Um, those are all types of, you know, things I can use immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other things that are more preventative in the sense that doing things that promote your overall wellness for yourself. Um, by doing that, then you have a lot of resources and resilience towards anything that comes towards you. Okay. And to reduce stress too, it's... It's nice to have uh, a leisure activity, to have fun with your friends, because some patients, they feel so much fatigue, they stay home and they don't, they don't do nothing. So they feel depressed, then they feel depressed, they have increasing symptoms, they think they have a, a relapse, which is not the case. Yeah, so it's important for them to 
If, for example, there's an opportunity to go out with friends, maybe rest up if they're, if they're feeling fatigued, but make the effort to actually go out and have a bit of fun, and that'll be good for them in the long run. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there other things that they should be doing to, to uh, improve their whole body wellness? I mean, exercising, eat well. If they can, quit smoking, uh, control their weight. I mean, good, good habits that everyone should do, even if you don't have a mess. Yeah. Is there a tendency, Naomi, for people to kind of focus all their thoughts on their, their MS and forget about their whole health? Yes, And often. maybe not go get their annual exam with their GP and so on? Yes, because we have to still realize MS is a part of them and it doesn't define them. Um, so there's all sorts of other issues that we all deal with that need to yeah. be managed at the same time. Um, so oftentimes I suggest to people to journal or to just take little brief notes of these symptoms if they occur because uh, that kind of takes it out of their head to have to manage in their head and decrease the stress level by putting it down on paper. It's concrete, and you can put it away. Mm -hmm. But then when it's time to see a doctor and go for your follow-up appointment, you can pull this notebook out, go through it, and see what patterns there are, and are there things that they can find, what are triggers to them in uh, provoking these pseudo-relapses. Now, journaling, I guess, would, might also be helpful just to to express your own thoughts and feelings about things as you're going through this process. Yep, and that's also another stress-relieving thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jose, any, any more suggestions for people? I think it's good. I, the most important thing, it is, it's important to patient to realize that as soon as they, they experience the stress, symptoms will increase. So to make the difference, and we know that because patient has been dealing with MS for a long time, they could recognize increasing symptoms versus like a relapse episode or relapse. So they don't call us as soon as they get a symptom. So the better you know your disease, I think it's much easier to, to cope with it. And I guess you get to know your body too, what it's, yeah. what it's trying to tell you. And that's, yeah, along that same line as understanding and developing this new language between you and your body of understanding what it's trying to tell you. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, that's all we have time for in this podcast, but tune into the other podcasts in this series to learn more about other MS symptoms. I'd like to thank today's guests, Naomi Akazawa from Ottawa and Jose Poitier from Montreal, Quebec. This podcast was produced by Anse Michel. All of the technical production was by Rafael Cavieri. And a special thanks to Kate Stella for her work on the program. I'm Stephen Matters. <laughs>